Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello there, everybody. It's Adam Cleary here, the sexy old presenter in our sexy new studio, which, based on the way I've done the walls, might as well be the Trek Culture Studio. So until another channel claims it, let's just call it that. Now, yes, you remember me. I did a lot of videos a lot of the time, and now I do some of the videos some of the time. I'm very busy, got other things going on, but I've always got time to talk to you about the hero ships of Star Trek. And by that, I mean Paul writes these lovely articles. You know the drill by now. And then I stand here, and I've got all my notes over there, and I tell you all about them because when Star Trek designs its ships, it includes so many brilliant details, there's so many cool stories behind it, and they make very, very fun videos. We've got a million of them on the channel, you should check them out. When we're talking about the channel, just want to point out that you may see the little subscriber number in the bottom of the screen, something like, I don't know, 180,000 by now. We are desperately trying to hit 200k, maybe even 250k by the summer. So if you're new here and you enjoy what you see, why not get that little, get a little clicky, get a just a little clicky, and then that'll that'll help us out. Honestly, subscribing and sharing the videos around does do lovely, lovely things for us. So thank you if you've done that already, and please do that if you haven't yet. Anyway, admin out of the way, the La Sirena, the the mermaid, the first ever non-Starfleet hero ship in Star Trek. Now, before you get in the comments, be like, uh, actually, Bajoran slaves built Deep Space Nine. Not a ship, space station, wasn't it? This is a ship. It is a Kaplan F-17 speed freighter, I think is the correct designation for it. And it was the hero ship of season one, and indeed season two, of Star Trek Picard. But what do we know about it? What do we know? It's only had eight episodes on screen. How much do we know? Well, absolutely Flipping loads, as it turns out, so let's get up to our guts in it. My name is Adam Cleary, and these are 10 secrets of the La Sirena you need to know. Number 10, en espanol. All right, so the really basic stuff. First of all, the La Sirena is the first non-Starfleet hero ship in any series of Star Trek. Previously, they all came out of Starfleet shipyards. They were all a Starfleet branding. They were Starfleet ships for Federation purposes. The La Serena is neither of those things. It is a civilian freighter designed not to reflect its protagonist, Jean-Luc Picard, but its captain, Cristobal Rios. Now, it was designed for the show by Mark Yang, and the idea at the time was it was supposed to look versatile and ubiquitous, something like a Swiss army knife, to reflect both the changing needs of the show, they didn't really know what direction they were going to go in the long term, but also that the world away from Starfleet, the universe away from Starfleet, requires more adaptability. You need to be more versatile. And as a result, it wasn't actually called La Sirena until quite late on in development. Its original name was Arana Cosmica, which literally means cosmic spider. And if you look at it from the front with its pincers and its wings going all over the place, you can't actually see the design influences of a cosmic spider. 
But either way, they always knew they were going to give it a Spanish name to reflect the heritage of its captain, Cristobal Rios, which, while it being in Spanish, is supposed to be, according to a post by the show's producers, Chilean slash Venezuelan. Now, I'm not sure what they speak in Venezuela, but I do know they speak Spanish in Chile, so that checks out. Number nine, the Mermaid series. Are you see, because this is it's the Dolphin series, this one, so it's, it's Dolphin... Mermaid, it's, 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 you get it, you get the joke. They really did lean into this whole mermaid thing though once they'd gotten rid of the whole Arana Cosmica name, which I actually think now that it's coming to me is a lot cooler. Anyway, they did really lean into this whole mermaid thing because Cristobal Rios, he's got a big mermaid tattoo on his arm, hasn't he, to make him look like a sailor. And then we see in his quarters, he's got all these mermaid plates which is normal. But it does go slightly deeper than that. You've got to have that kind of specific analytical nerd brain to notice this. But the iconography of the ship itself, it's in the headrest, it's in the combage. If you look, that is a mermaid. Like, it just, that's, that is supposed to be a mermaid. It's not just like a nice funny, you know in Star Trek they've got funny symbols, you never really know where they come from. That's a mermaid. And one that totally passed me by until I literally read Paul's article on this is the nose art of the ship itself is a mermaid. That was the last thing they added to the production design before the show started. Gorgeous. Number eight, the ship's origins. I'm gonna have to read this out because I tried doing the pronunciations. It's just, anyway, good, no good. Anyway, right, so the show's producers released a wealth of supplementary information about loads of things about the show, including the La Serena, included Ganmadan, included Free Cloud, all of this stuff, but they also talked about La Serena and where it came from. And this is, right, it was made at the Kaplan Schiffbau on the Hatzeplatz colony world, I think. Oh, I've never really heard of that, Adam. Is that a legit Star Trek thing? Well, yes, technically, my friend, it is, because it was written in the supplementary information, and thus it is now canon. But prior to that happening, no, Michael Chabon, who was the guy who came up with the stuff, he was an author in 2002. He wrote a book called The Yiddish Policeman's Union, and that was set in Hatzeplatz. So it's kind of, kind of a big reference to that. Beyond that, we don't really know much else, but there's a great comment here from Mark Yang about its origins. This is kind of just him speculating about it. By the time of Picard, it wasn't brand new. I think it was probably constructed a little after the Voyager era, then changed. The concept was it was used for Starfleet-adjacent operations. Someone had been using it to do things it wasn't originally meant to do, so every few years it would get enhanced equipment. It would have been a civilian cargo cruiser that they then added things to over time. Then somebody, Cristobal, got a hold of the ship and started to bring everything together, putting in more Starfleet equipment. That checks out. Number seven, Star Trek configurations. Right, so when I first saw this ship, I was like, oh, they're not doing anything traditionally Starfleet with this design at all. And apparently in the early stages of production, it did have a saucer section, a drive section, then twin warp nacelles. It looked very similar to what we consider a classic Star Trek vessel, but the end result was nothing like that. However, according to the designers, it does incorporate elements of both the Danube-class runabout from Deep Space Nine and the Defiant. Yang again himself said that if you're gonna be a smaller vessel capable of reaching good speeds at warp, then you're gonna to have to have these enormous nacelles to generate a sufficient warp field. So those two long arms, legs, claws things running down the side of the La Serena, those are its warp nacelles. The reason it's so big is because it's so fast. Then if you look at the back of the ship, there are lots of additional impulse engines and they basically covered the back of it originally in those to sort of make out that it was zippy and very dynamic. But then they remembered it's supposed to be a cargo ship and if you've got all these engines on the back, how do you get the cargo in. So they moved those around, that's why there's additional ones on the struts, additional ones on, on the legs, and there's kind of spaces where you could see them loading things in and out. So they did really think about this, even though you barely see the arse end of it. Number six, sets in the city. 
All right, so hello, Adam Cleaver here. Big, big fan of them doing sets and practical effects in the camera as much as humanly possible, no matter how good VFX gets. So I'm pleased to report that the La Serena sets were this huge, huge three-story physical just filming location in America. Just said America there because I'm supposed to remember to say Santa Clara Studios in Los Angeles, California. And that information just fell out of my brain and I did not want to lose the take. So that's, that's what this job's like. Huge apologies to production designer Todd Cheranowski for pronouncing his name undoubtedly wrong. But he did a big interview where they said that the design for the inside of the ship was not based on many of the other Star Trek shows. They did not take inspiration from Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, anything like that. They took it from Ridley Scott's Alien, specifically the first film, The Inside of the Nostromo. And why did they do that? Because it's a ship that made them think about skeletons, about ghosts and things like that, and that was supposed to reflect Rios' own history. He is a man who is carrying around a lot of demons, a lot of phantoms, a lot of horrible things hiding in his closet. He had many different personalities, so they wanted it to be reflective of a ship that had that kind of vibe. And, all right, just gonna add some editorial note to this. One, great idea, great inspiration, great story, that, really like it. Two, two, doesn't look anything like that. One thing it does look like is they kind of like this idea of it being a cargo ship that was empty, sort of like a big warehouse that was just full of memories rather than physical things. And I'll give them that, it does look like an enormous empty warehouse. I like the little cafe bit with the mezzanine level, the transporter room, the warp core, the bridge, all of that. But just generally the chasm at the back of this ship always struck me as, Big and odd. Big and odd. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Number five, precious cargo. All right, so the interior of the ship is supposed to reflect the big, scary cavern that is Rios' head, but there's a tiny little cool attention to detail spot given that it is supposed to be a cargo ship. If you look at that big empty chasm, it's got these big slots, like ribs almost, all the way along it. Now the idea behind that was it, as it was a cargo ship, it was supposed to basically hold these big cargo containers that would slot into that, into the ribs, 
like a piece of Lego. But of course, the ship's been around for a fair old while at this point, not really doing much cargo hauling in the traditional sense, and indeed, Rios has upgraded it, decked it out in loads of Starfleet issue stuff, including Starfleet issue cargo containers. Oh, did we see those on the show, Adam? Did they show us those Starfleet issue cargo containers? Yes, they did. You ever been down London? You ever been down the docks of any major city in the UK? They love those shipping container bars and stuff, don't they? You can get lovely dim sum in a shipping container. Well, in the Star Trek universe, you can have your crew quarters in it as well. All those rooms, all those rooms, Raffi, Picard, everybody was sat in. Everywhere they did their relaxing was a shipping container. It's not really something they go to too much length to show you, but the idea was that this was a cargo ship. It was not supposed to have extensive crew quarters or rooms where you could do various different things. It wasn't supposed to have a little tactical planning space. It wasn't supposed to have a little holodeck where you can recreate your own vineyard or anything like that. It was just supposed to have cargo space. So what he did was he installed cargo space, but then did fun things with the cargo space. I love that. Number four, the landing gears, they do nothing. All right, so this kind of happens with every single ship we end up talking about, but the design of the La Serena was based around things that may or may not happen. The script wasn't finalized. The whole story wasn't completed when they had to design the thing. So they designed it to do various different things that they thought might happen in the show. That means the model needed to be able to do, digital otherwise, the model needed to be able to do certain things, have certain capabilities, extensions, etc., etc., that they thought they were going to show on screen. But of course, not every idea that's on the page when you start production is there by the time you finish the episode. So the ship is designed to do several things that we never saw. So one particular shot they had in mind was Picard seeing a ship. He's not been in space for so long and he sees a ship for the first time in years and he walks up a long gangway and enters it. You know the classic way you think of like spaceships in science fiction, they land and then a thing comes out and you walk up and oh, it's tiny little aliens and whatnot. They wanted a shot like that. But to get that, it was going to be in a spaceport where the La Serena was loading its cargo. So again, we would have seen it loading all of its cargo, which was something we didn't get to see. But to do that, it was standing on big legs so the cargo could be loaded from underneath. Think Thunderbird 2. Basically, it was going to have these long landing struts, these big pointy down legs. We never got to see that, but it can do it. This shot was visualized and went to a couple of storyboards and probably had a bit of VFX done for it, but it was never actually finished. It was supposed to be gray as well. This thing was supposed to look like a, like a stealth bomber. It didn't have its cool red paint scheme at this point. So somewhere out there, there is this shot with it on its big weird crab legs looking all silver and stealthy and whatnot. And Picard going, oh my God, it's a bloody spaceship, so it is. It's kind of how he speaks. I mean, yes, I know what you're thinking. They did land it in Arcadia Vidi, Vigi, uh, Vegetable, Vici, whatever the episode was called. They did land, but that was kind of more of a space flower related crash, wasn't it? Than a nice, gentle, oh, I'll get me struts out landing. Number three, Star Trucking. Another thing they wanted to do and they visualized and they made some shots for but never actually got to, to show us was as well as loading cargo inside the ship. Now, and I, I can see you're already there, aren't you? You're thinking, hang on, Adam, surely the most efficient way to lug cargo across space isn't it just be restrained by the dimensions of the ship in question, given that in zero gravity, in weightlessness, it could, in theory, pull along an almost limitless supply of cargo behind it. They were going to do a cargo train scene. What's that mean? Well, it just that instead of all the... the would be the cargo in the ship, yes, obviously, but also there'd be this huge, long convoy behind it with the lesser and a coupled up to it and an extra bit of propulsion and whatnot, and it would be trucking that all the way through the galaxy before, presumably, don't know if this is true or not, it's just in my imagination, Rios goes, ah, damn it, 
oh, to hell with this and hits a big red button and it all comes loose and flies away and they go whoosh through the galaxy to go do something more exciting. Again, don't know if that happens, just how I imagine it. Mark Yang on this one. The main connection point in my head was the hitch above the cargo bay door that connects to whatever vessel or equipment you attach. There are potential connect points on either side of that. You can connect human-sized entry points, oi oi, so you can walk through to whatever cargo you have. I just, it's a fun visual, that. And yes, if we might just zoom and enhance, please, Chris. And again, and again, yes, you will see that the hitch for carrying the cargo, whilst never used in the show, is still there. You can put a little gangway on that if you want. You can have a little walkway, you can have a little coupling, something like that. It's still, it's there. They might use it. Number two, holographic universe. Okay, so one thing I wasn't wild about, especially in most new Star Trek, is that they apply the advancements we're making right now into the show. So there's all these big technological leaps. As a result, the aesthetic, the overall look of the show feels slightly incongruous. Feels like we're trying to imagine a brand new universe rather than the one uh, we are already familiar with. So as a result, everything in Picard was holographic. <laughs> the stuff on the La Serena, the Starfleet technology, the Roman technology, the consumer technology, that planet they went down to where everything was a bloody quarks or something like that. Everything just holographic. That's been the big technological development in the Star Trek universe in the 20 years since we last picked things up with Nemesis. They just love, love holograms now. Now I get it, and Todd Chernowski, and again, I'm so sorry for how badly I'm garbling that name. He did say that they are looking into the real life research going on at a place like MIT, Oxford University, places like that to see what kind of advances we're going to make ourselves. There's lots of stuff to do with light interface and touch interface and things like that. So this felt like a natural thing for them to do, but no. The Star Trek universe is not this universe. The time there was a third world war by this point. The timeline was different. It's just it's okay that they don't have the same stuff. It's okay that it doesn't look like a far-flung version of our own reality. You can people just might like touch screens. It's just it, the tappy the cars. It might it might just be more popular. They might have had a big holographic revolution. And everyone goes, ah, oh, do you know what's rubbish? This really really unreliable. Sometimes I end up putting my hand right through. I'm trying to press one button, end up hitting it with my elbow. Just. Just just let it go, just make it look like Star Trek. It's not hard. Now, just because I am being slightly critical there, I am going to give Andrew Jarvis, who helped with a lot of the look at this, a right of reply. And by, so I'm just going to mention something he said specifically about this in the run-up to it. I was constantly looking at the source material. I was pouring through the next generation, Voyager Deep Space Nine, all that Berman era material that Michael Lacunda worked on and his team, really making sure we stay true to that. And it felt like the natural progression from that era 20 years later was this. The Serena, obviously, there was no precedent set, so it was just all fun and games. We were able to think, what does a really high-tech ship in the 25th century look like? And I understand that, and thank you for putting so much thought and effort to it. Just, it's okay. It doesn't have to jump that far, I, I think. I just would have been happy, I would have been totally fine if all the consoles looked like slightly jazzier versions of the ones, ones we had in the old. So I just, maybe that's me. Maybe that's me being a, a, a grump or, or a, a lame-o dweeb person. But I just, I would have been fine with it. Number one, Guitar Hero. All right, you might already know this one because it did the rounds everywhere on Reddit at the time, but if you haven't, the paint scheme, the distinctive livery, the red, the white, the black, the look of that ship was based in part on, drum roll please, 
Van Halen's Frankenstrat guitar. Now, Mark Yang has acknowledged there might have been some inspiration behind it, but they've never gone out and officially said, okay, yes, we saw this guitar, thought it was really cool and we should make a starship look like it. They have said they started with the red, for some reason they really wanted to do it red, and then they started adding all the other stuff on top of that. Haha, <laughs> no sir, absolute rubbish. You saw that guitar and thought, oh, that looks so cool. Wasn't always that way though. If you go back through the concept art, you will see it was black, you will see it was silver, you will see it was blue, you will see it was yellow. They tried pretty much everything on that ship before, oh, I don't know, magically coming up with the same look as one of their favorite bands. Signature instrument. I just, I, just admit it, just admit it. And this is something that hardly anybody knows. I love this one. They did keep tweaking the design of it. Tweaking, I don't know why I'm doing nipples here. Tweaking it ever so slightly as the show was going on. So for the last three episodes, the look, the paint scheme is slightly, slightly different. More mermaidy, I think, I think you'll find between those two, but still nonetheless, that rock and roll red. Paul's ended this with go ahead and jump, and I refuse, I refuse to read that. I refuse to read that in the manner in which it was written. But it is a good pun. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.